This is Danny and Dusty. Meringatang is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new. With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the Fan Man Hera. All throws of monkey sounds in there called go. The old like Danny Meringue pie. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. The Fan. Oh, ah, it is a solo monkey. Joined by Jordan Schultz, Jeff Russ behind the glass, Dusty Hera out today. What's going on, boy? Hey, it is a Danny and Dusty, Schultzy, Rusty edition. We appreciate y'all. It's going to be one of those days. I'm running things, so things will break. That's how this goes. Yeah, Happy Thursday to you. We're going to go right in the side of the mountain a couple of times today, yeah, I'm sure. No, it's, that, that, the one thing we can count on is I. the only time we're ever realistically close to being on the clock on a regular basis is when I'm here, and that's only because I'm staring at the clock like, okay, next, 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 next. Because I don't have to do that always, because Dusty usually handles that for us. So, little little poke behind the curtain. Schultz, how you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, I went to the Fall Out Boy concert, actually, here in Portland. That was awesome, Yeah, Yoda. Yeah, I mean, it started... God, Fall Out Boy did not take the stage until I, I looked right at my phone. Nine Eleven was the, when they finally started. I just, no. I hate sitting through three openers, and I kind of thought that Ooh. I was gonna eat like like miss Jimmy Eat World, but then I ended up sitting through that entire performance even after we got dinner. So, were you in the middle of the concert? Um, what do you mean, like the middle of the concert? Where, like in the middle of the performance? Jimmy, or? Jimmy Eat World, the middle. Oh, you're funny. Oh, God, <laughs> see, I was I, Jimmy Butler there. He did do the. Uh, I don't believe the he did. He did well. He did the full like, like full social uh, push out with it too. Yeah, there's a million photos of him and uh, I don't even know what you call that. Uh, uh, emo cowboy regalia. Yes, I. That's pretty close. I yeah, think that's I, fair enough. Like, yeah, that's like if I if I put that Jimmy Butler emo cowboy regalia in an yeah. AI generator. Hollywood, yeah, Hollywood cowboy. It's probably not, not going to be far off. Yeah, lots of rhinestones. Yeah, very very sequined. I, I would say I saw some people looking like that at the concert. That was kind of what the general vibe was. Bedazzled. It, yeah, yeah, and there, yeah, there we go. They, they did play that song at least. So so I got to hear that live. Okay. So a good show though. Oh, oh, it was fantastic. I, I'm I am loving my wife's favorite band is Fall Out Boy, and I probably oh, knew 60, 70 percent of the songs, and I'm loving that performance. Okay. The only great. one I really know is that song from uh, whatever the the name of it was in uh, uh, Big Hero Six, the Disney movie. Mm. Oh, because my kids, you know, I turns out soundtracks <laughs> still a viable way of like developing music. You right. Know, when we were growing up, like you used to have like every movie had like a hit single. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Instead, yeah. it's now like a movie makes a song. Like right. You get like uh, Frozen. Yes. Or, you know, uh, what's, what's another one that's been, that's been big? Uh, the Encanto one, yep. right? Encanto. I don't, yeah. I don't have kids, so I can't. I, yeah, I don't know. We don't talk the... about Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> what was it watched over and over? I'm missing something. I liked it. A million times? No, that was one of the that songs, was one of songs yeah. in, the, in the Encanto movie. Yeah, yeah. We don't talk about Bruno. Yeah. I, no, I knew no, I knew no, that no. one. I have yeah. a, I have a niece and a nephew. <laughs> that's that's like how I tangentially experience these things. Is, uh, yeah, I, I'm a monster, and my family uses my Disney Plus. So, uh, as as the good Lord intended, share your logins, everybody, uh, for as long as you can. Yes, app yeah. by app, that will be going. Except away. on Netflix, because they'll they'll charge. They'll you more get now. you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I always see the sign-ins for Disney Plus, and I'm like, hmm, there we go. Hey, what's, what's happening here yeah. right about now? I'm like, ah, <laughs> the kids are being nightmare fuel right now. Let's go ahead and throw that movie on. I mean, how, they, many, how many profiles are you up to? Like eight, nine? I was going to say, seven, they created their own profiles on yeah, there? The kid, yeah, okay. kids each have one. And the yeah. uh, hilariously, my niece uh, made um, my sister. She used, uh, what's the Angelina Jolie one? Um, 
Maleficent. Maleficent. Yeah. My niece made my sister's profile picture Maleficent. Gotcha. What's funny is on, on our uh, uh, Max account, you have your different profiles on yeah. there too, right? So I've got my profile and my wife has hers and our avatars, our profile pictures. I'm I'm Tony Soprano and she's Carmela. Nice. Yeah. Oh, you guys have the That's individual odd. ones huh, to, keep, oh, yeah. to keep your algorithms apart? Oh, yeah. Exactly. Oh, you have to do that. Yeah. My wife would get pissed at all the crime documentary sleazy series that pop up on my algorithm. That's my wife. Oh, she it's, watches it's the, that? all of that. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> well, hell see, yeah, because she yeah. watches all the the Love Is Blind crap and all yes. those other. I'm like, I don't want that on my. That is profile. that that is that is. Well, see, that's the thing is like, I don't use Netflix all that often, and so I just don't. Yeah. Yeah, Love Is know. Blind is a lie too. So, I mean, yeah. they, do they put like fives and sixes on there? No, you know that you're going to get a nine or ten on the other side of that door. Yeah, I don't know. Love Is Blind is rarely. Ra- if they did like a whole show, they throw a catfish in there every yeah, now and then. four fives and sixes with nines and tens on the other side of those doors. That would be a show I would watch seven seasons. Of. I guess the, the other day there was one. There was a reveal. Got to really rolling the dice. My wife was telling me there was a re- <laughs> reveal where they came out and they saw each other and 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 I think it was the dude and he was just like. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm gonna go. See, that's did the hard did the hard pivot, yeah. huh? He's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm out. <laughs> Sorry, I'd rather watch <laughs> threw his, that. Threw his hands up. Yeah. Nah, I'm yeah. good. It's like that the is... dealer leaving the table in Vegas. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Peace out. Pulling the sleeves. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm out. out. No, thank you. God, not what I expected. Man or woman, what would that do to you, confidence wise, mentally, emotionally? That oh, that's got to just be. Yeah, it's not great, Bob. I mean, how do, you, how do you recover from that? It's one thing to have that happen, like if you went on a blind date, yeah. you know, like instead of my friends, and the dude, the, 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 flip it. Let's say the, the chick sees the dude from the parking lot and is like, yeah. Well, you, nope, I'm, I'm out. You go hit the dive bar and find a five. Yeah, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, this is on TV for everyone to see. That's yeah. fair, right? That's the thing that I, I don't like. I, I have probably half dozen, no. 10, 12 people in my life, whether tangentially related or, or relatively close friends who have done relationship reality TV shows. Oof, rough. And Whoa. So you know, you get the inside scoop. I hear some of these stories and, and how it's done, and I'm just like... How much of jerks these producers are? Why are you subjecting yourself to this? Like, I at least got it 15 years ago when it wasn't the most wholly scripted thing on the face of the planet. And it was back then. It was your foot in the door. Like you could, you could become an influence, like an early stage influencer, or yeah. get onto other shows. Like it, I don't know if it made you famous, but at least you made made you notorious. It put you on the map, at least to be seen. Yeah, like you could get something out of it. Now I'm just like you. You are just self, just deprecating at every turn. It's almost like the the I will do absolutely anything for clicks mentality. And you know that that's not, you, you kind of mentioned it as something that was maybe a little less controversial at the time. Now it's just like, okay, you know those people are bottom of the barrel. They'll just do anything. It's terrifying. I don't, I don't, I don't do it. Like I, I did TV and it was reality, quote unquote, as sports. And it, we did things on there and I was like, oh God, did I really do that? That was, that was not great. I have to live with that. That well, you, lives on in, in infamy. You also didn't have producers pushing you to be like, hey, hey, say that crappy thing again for me. Come on, make, make no, an ass out of yourself. No, no, they could just count on me to do that. Oh, that okay. was that was the difference. Yeah, we, was, don't need, we don't need to be pushed to make asses out of ourselves. We do it on our own volition. That's fair. I do it quite often. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, I would fall face first into it. I, I mean, I got my head shaved on live TV, which, I mean, the pictures from that were... 
were not great. <laughs> you did your mustache at least in the bathroom. Yeah. Like they didn't they didn't shave you like a animal right. on live TV. Yeah. No, just like an animal in the bathroom. And then I had to sit here with a reverse Hitler for three hours. It was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, would you have rather had the Hitler? No. Okay. No. Yeah. We had to catch you off guard with it. Right. It was funny because Dusty and I were both like, what do you think? I was reverse Hitler? Yeah, reverse Hitler. <laughs> reverse Hitler. Don't give him the full. Well, because you can give it. Look, look, those were glorious handlebars on either side they of the were. face there. Yeah, it so. looked like two thick caterpillars on your lip. Yeah. As good, opposed to one short, hot. fat caterpillar. It was a good on one. Which. Uh, speaking of Hitler, started watching uh, Masters of War, professional radio transition. How do you like that? Speaking of Hitler. <laughs> I don't think you know what I, I can't. I'll tell you what that's not a, that's not a transition you hear on radio all the time. Speaking of Hitler, I, I came in today and that was about the last thing I expected to hear. There you go. No, I started watching Masters of War and um, I, I I we were talking before the show. Uh, Band of Brothers is probably my favorite thing ever created on TV, and it is the most tremendous piece of of cinema I think I've ever seen. It is entirely perfect. I would change nothing about it. Masters of there is. It's not as good, but my God, is it good? And does it... turns out that Spielberg guy really good knows what he's doing. Yeah, he knows how to make a good movie, right? Yeah, he's done he... a couple of them. Spielberg, Tom Hanks, they come together, they do some good stuff. I mean, pointing to the work of geniuses, I'm not sure I can add to that. Like, yeah, they're mm-hmm. amazing. Everything they do, they s greatness. They 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 <laughs> manage to make dudes sitting in planes and getting shot down endlessly incredible. Like it's. If for those that are unaware of how uh, air sorties or air missions worked in World War II, it was basically just rolling the dice every single time you went up, <laughs> and because anti-air and flak cannons. Also, understanding how terrifying flak must have been. Like I, I, I had to instruct pilots and air crew regularly on every single flight about anti-air threats, surface-to-air missile systems, radar, everything that goes that goes into that stuff. Brian Williams on any of your flights, by the way, M- MSNBC anchor? No, no. no <laughs> noted liar? No, did just, not, just making sure. Did not make it on those. But <laughs> that was in that helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of that. Um, I mean, I had to do that. It was part of part of uh, working as an intelligence briefing with air crew. Yeah. And, you know, if the last time somebody was shot down was 96, I believe. 96 was the last time we had an aircraft shot down in hostile territory. 96 or 99. It's been a long time. Um, we've had aircraft shot down since, just uh, at that at that kind of point. It's kind of like, ugh. But these guys were going up every single time and just getting hammered. And it, it they graphically portray, like, flat cannons going off. And for those that don't know what a flak is, it's like bits and shards of metal, shrapnel shot up into the air in little puffs at varying altitudes to shred a plane's wings or to blow up in a the air crew's face. I mean, it just and they demonstrate that in a way you're just like, yeesh. Meant to inflict max damage. Yeah, it's it's nasty stuff. Um, but yeah, Vancouver Vortex Line asked if I watched the Pacific. Um, I, I did. I watched the Pacific. I, I've, se- I, I've seen some people say that they, they like the Pacific better than Band of Brothers, to which I say, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> opinions are, 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 um, are factually incorrect. That's, that's how these work. When, uh, when I have the microphone, that's, I'm going to go full Adam Sandler. Yeah. I have the microphone, yeah, sir. I am the captain now. <laughs> uh, but no, the Pacific has done incredibly well as well. And, and, and this is, again, the, each one has their own kind of offerings. But uh, on the recommendation on the, I know it's not a movie, but uh, it's a triple D. Triple D, hands Ooh, down. It's, triple D. Yeah, it's 
they are absolutely perfect. I have five episodes in, and I have cried, I don't know, 20 times? Man. 20 times at least. Yikes. Just, oh, God. Like, that's a couple an episode. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what, four an episode? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's about right. About four times an episode. Yikes. Yeah, it's, I mean, look, man, World War II was uh, not great. Not great. Really? <laughs> Turns out millions of people dying. Not great, but it was fantastic stuff so far. So uh, if you're looking for something new to watch, that's that's the one that I've, I've been diving into. Hell yeah. I've been uh, getting into, I watched, I finally finished Griselda. So I, all 10 episodes of that on Oh, Netflix. that's the one with the, the super hot, like being dumbed uh, down, right? Uh, Sofia Vergara. Yes. Yeah. They, yeah. Found a, they found a way to make one of the five most beautiful women on the face of the planet look not like like the seventh most beautiful woman uh, on the planet. And, and I Still lo- spicy. I love it when they're like, no, let's make her ugly. And yeah. like making her ugly is like leathering her skin a little yeah. bit. It's like, she's still built like a brick house. What are we doing like, here? They didn't Look use the go-to tops. and just throw some glasses on her too. Yeah, right? no. Yeah. Oh my God. What was, what was, God, uh, what was the Freddie Prince Jr. one with the, uh, she's uh, all that? Yes. yes. Nah. Just takes her glasses off and puts yeah. down her hair. It's like, oh my God, look how hot she is. Right. It's like <laughs> she looks the same. Yeah. <laughs> she started out looking hot. Yeah. What, are we, what are we doing here? No, Griselda was nice, but uh, there was like almost. That's vicious, though. Like uh, the assassination oh, and stuff like that. It was crazy. But... I, my wife was, again, watching that, and I saw the. Uh, okay. I walked in the room for those, and I was like, Oh, we're getting gritty. All right. Yeah, you walked in right at the at the peak of the series. Mm-hmm. I always manage to do that to my wife too. Yeah. It's fun. But but the entire series was good minus I would say about an episode's worth of her just sitting there puffing on a cigarette. The, the, just we seriously, need more minute people or smoking two. in movies or in shows though, because nobody does it anymore. No, I agree with you. But <laughs> while they're actually doing something, when it, just imagine mm. a show. Let's just do a segment of Danny and Schultz here just. Puffing on a couple of cigarettes. And then just, what's up? Well, I, 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 I fail to see the problem here. I recently did a rewatch <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> I recently did a rewatch right. of, of True Detective. Stay I haven't granted. started the new season yet, but I went and mm. watched each of the first three. Oh, yeah. So many cigarettes. Is, is in, this a Quentin Tarantino like obsession? Oh, my God. So many cigarettes. Somebody- just between Woody and McConaughey. And then you got Colin Farrell and, and Rachel McAdams. Uh, and, and then in the season three, there's the, um, uh, oh gosh, I forget his name. Uh, the, the forgettable it. season. Marshall Mah- Ali. Thank you. Yeah, very much. Uh, yeah, and uh, and even um, Stephen Dorff too. Uh, well, Dorff. So many cigarettes I, I, every I, season. Every 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 scene in Blade. Mm-hmm. The first Blade movie. He is. He's got a heater. Well, yeah. Dorff did like a blue vape commercial too, didn't he? Yeah. He was like on a beach. He's like, yo, it's really cool to do what I do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just yeah. vape it. The, the, yeah. The, the glue. The blue. The blue. Yeah. B L U. Yeah. Yeah. But no, uh, yeah. well, in season two of True Detective, I think was the one that really got pooped on a lot. Yeah, that's, that's the one I was talking yeah. about. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I mm. in the rewatch, I think I enjoyed it more than I did the first time around. Maybe, but I also I'm I also think, a big I like Vince Vaughn though too. I do too. I I, I will never say anything about Vince Vaughn. I mm-hmm. think it was more Colin on that one. Um, as was, far yeah. as smoking goes, though, I think the streaming services aren't governed the same way as like network television so they can put like cigarettes in shows on Netflix and HBO way more than they can like mm. on NBC and on even like FX I well, believe because funny, of certain when you get to the when you get to like to the ratings on those shows, whether it's like you know TV seventeen or TVMA, and the the reasons why they put them on there is a lot, you know you'll have coarse language and nudity and adult content mm-hmm. and smoking. Oh, like that's they have the... an actual smoking one now. Yes. Oh, on old Disney movies, if it's PG, it usually says because of like situations and smoking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they yeah they because put Jafar's that, like, the sitting there hitting the hookah exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Jafar. 
getting high as a kite. I will rule you all. Yeah, I'd be talking to a parrot too if I'm sitting there hitting that hookah for six hours in an opium den. What are we doing here? Yeah. Come, Iago. Yeah. Yeah. Why does that parrot sound like Gilbert Godfrey? I don't know. Hand me the opium pipe. I'll tell you. Like, no. Game of Wonders. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean,. That that definitely sounds like how that movie got around was like, I don't know. <laughs> Everybody sitting around the hookah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you see the talking bird? Yeah, I see the talking bird. I, mean, I think we can work with we can work with that, dude. I think that carpet is flying, <laughs> dude. You know who we should get for the genie, Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Man. See, this is coming together way too easily. <laughs> you know what else we should do? We should spell sex in the sand. <laughs> They'll Actually, never see it. Fun fact about Robin Williams in that movie is the genie. One four-hour recording session was all that took. He went full Jay Z, full full one, just one hitter, and well, they literally worked around some of the lines that he yeah, gave he in that four-hour session, and they just let him go. Yeah, yeah, and they loved it. Everything he did, it basically that movie was scripted almost around what he did in yeah, that four-hour session. Basically, like outside of the song or songs. Yeah, it, yeah. it was, it was, it was all him. Yeah, that, 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 that tracks. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got you got genius. You let the genius go. Yeah, you just kind of let him go. I, I uh, stumbled across his uh, his uh, roast of um, oh my goodness, uh, Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, mm-hmm. my god, <laughs> young Robin Williams roasting Richard Pryor <laughs> while was... he was still on cocaine. Oh, buddy, <laughs> right, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's way more than George Carlin's Seven Things You Can't Say on TV. It was incredible. I do oh, good. My goodness. Um, yeah. So, um, a lot of Vancouver Ford text lines right now is uh, agreeing. Masters Air really, really, really good. It's uh, so if you're again if you're looking for something out there, Apple TV, fantastic stuff. Uh, where we have to start though, we, we we do have to sports, ladies and gentlemen. We do have to sports. Yeah, we did have it. We, we've gone about 19 minutes of just squirrel here. Yeah, we? well, I mean, like I said, <laughs> well, well, I'm going to keep it off, uh, get it off the rails very quickly. Uh, the NFL Combine is getting underway. A lot of answers are going to, or excuse me, a lot of questions are going to need to be answered at the quarterback position. That's how we'll start today's show on the air on Danny and Dusty, Danny the Fan. On the fan. The Underworld Olympics are officially underway at the NFL Combine. The, the Thick Boys are out running 40s right now. We just had uh, the uh, Texas defensive lineman Byron Murphy run a 488. At I, I think he's listed at like 320 pounds, which that's terrifying. <laughs> Seeing soon-to-be uh, multi-million-dollar athletes in their skivvies, basically looking chubby like the rest of us, makes me feel more confident as a human being. Yeah, for every one of those though, there's an Aaron Donald who has a six-pack at 315 pounds, at running like a four-seven. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely purely <laughs> yeah. uh, terrifying. And then you get Captain Dad Bod Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, so the official weight on Byron Murphy: 312 pounds. Oh, okay. Three hundred and twelve pounds running a four eight eight forty. That My should God. be like that's terrifying. Illegal. That's and it, he's not three twelve. He's got to be like three twenty five. That's a low. That's... I mean, they just got him on the scale. Oh, okay. All right. That's so that the, the official. So the official was three twelve. So. Um, yeah, these these. Oh my God, Trevondre Sweat is six foot four and a half, three hundred and sixty six pounds. Yeah, that's that's a whole lot of human. 
You know, no, there's not a whole lot of human. Most quarterbacks, with the exception, of course, Dad bod Patrick Mahomes. I will get squirreled away by this combine endlessly because I I am always fascinated by the absolute pure size of humans uh, in professional sports. But there is now reporting coming out of New England. Mac Jones, noodle arm, is on the way out. On the way out, the Patriots are making their decision. According to MassLive.com, they have made their decision, and, uh, well, he's gone. Are we shocked? Dun, 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 dun. Mac has a noodle arm. God, it's so good. It's... <laughs> this team blows. This team blows. Bigger yes, fraud than Lance Armstrong. Mm. <laughs> that guy in the beginning sounds like Bill Burr. Mac has a noodle arm. Tell me that doesn't sound <laughs> like Bill Burr. Right, exactly. It, it 100%. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like that scene from the movie The Heat, you know? Yeah. With the, yeah are yeah. you or are you not, not a knock? Yeah. I'm still mad. Oh, I'm still oh, mad a we didn't. Narc. Still mad we didn't ask him about that. Right, exactly. Because that had to be great. I know. Uh, but Drod Mayo is, uh, well, they, they're not uh, They're not trying to hide what they're doing, which is Mac Jones is gone, and they're looking to get a veteran quarterback and take a rookie. That is the plan. Now, which rookie is going to be interesting? There are multiple mocks right now that have Drake May going number two to the Commanders, and dun-dun-dun-dun, Jaden Daniels falling to the Patriots, which, uh, for me at least, is fantastic because watching Dusty have to squirm over, over a quarterback for a long period of time as a Raiders fan would be a lot of fun. It would be very fun to watch Dusty have to deal with a uh, LSU quarterback with a big arm that uh, has a lot of issues. I, that, that Selfishly, for me, I would like to see that. But uh, if you run down the list... The Patriots, quote-unquote, have a plan in place. And this is all being put out by Mass Live, which means it's being put out by the Patriots for a purpose, which, again, this time of year, smoke season. So if you're, Justin, or Jordan, if you're looking at the Patriots right now, are you are you done with Mac Jones? Or, or are you, ah, he can work as the bridge? Or do you want him out, get the veteran guy in, and draft a rookie? Well, with a new coach and a new offensive coordinator, I would hope that they get to pick their own guy. It's like when you hire a, a new regime running the team, Gerard Mayo, and a new GM in town. So, so why would they throw the old quarterback into that mix? No, get Mac Jones the hell out of town. I feel like even trading for Justin Fields at this point would be a better option for the new England Patriots. Obviously, they don't look like they have to do that, but I'd be interested to see if Jaden Daniels fell. Uh, we talk about like trading for Justin Fields. We've seen Atlanta at the number three pick connected to him because of the comments that uh, Justin Fields has made about some of those guys and wanting to play with them or how much he loves those, those guys on their offense. But I definitely think that they're, they're, there's no way that Mac Jones comes back. They would be so much better off just trying to start over J.J. McCarthy even. I'm not too, too high on him, but that would be a better option than Mac Jones at this point. Yeah, and if you're kind of wondering where the Patriots staff may land on Mac Jones, well, this is new head coach Rod Mayo. In my mind, the most important piece is the quarterback. He touches the ball in every single play on offense. Ooh. He touches the ball, distributes the ball. You want that leadership. You want that leadership from that spot. So to me, that's the number one priority. It appears that he thinks that they don't have that in place right now. Yeah, reading between the lines. <laughs> Not really reading between the lines, actually, at all. He's pretty much saying it, isn't he? The, also, the interesting thing about this is that the Patriots are, are through this article, and are floating out the idea of that bridge quarterback, getting yeah. a veteran. Um, like a Geno Smith type. Or Joe Flacco is familiar with the organization. Uh, that's actually a name that's, that's thrown in here. Okay. Know, comeback player of the year, Joe Flacco, ladies and gentlemen. But... To work as a as a bridge quarterback, as a gap quarterback, in much the same way 
that Aaron Rodgers did in Green Bay and then Jordan Love did behind Aaron Rodgers in that they are not in a hurry to force a quarterback out there to develop because of what they just went through with Mac Jones. I get that, but can New England actually be that patient? We're, we're talking about Boston sports fan here. So Gerard Mayo doesn't, I mean, I'm sure he got a five-year contract, but he doesn't have more than, what, a couple of years of goodwill from the sports fans and sports media there in that area before. I mean, th- those those people are foaming at the mouth about their teams. I would not be shocked if they try to start all in. You can't really do that in New England. It's just not the market for it. It's it's going to be interesting to kind of see how that shakes out because, I, number one, I don't see a I don't see the Patriots as a team that look at Jaden Daniels historically. I, I, I get they they want a big arm and that's they want to be more explosive, but I just I have a hard time seeing them as the team that goes and gets the dual threat quarterback. Well, yeah, it doesn't really work traditionally in cold weather t- t- spots, right? I mean, that's why Chicago hasn't really had a dual threat until they got Justin Fields. It works with maybe more of a mediocre quarterback in the Super Bowl in the 80s with a great offensive line, mm-hmm. with great wide receiver, or excuse me, a great tight end to block, and then a great running back. So that's how Chicago, that's how a lot of cold weather teams get it done. New England isn't going to do well with Caleb Williams or even a Jaden Daniels. That's why I say, I mean, we saw them get to the playoffs with a crappy Mac Jones because Bill Belichick was able to work him into his system and basically just do what he wanted to do Belichick with the quarterback and that was maybe let him throw 10 times a game and pretty much try to fool the defense the rest of the time that's at least where I'm looking JJ McCarthy or somebody else like you say a bridge veteran I don't like that option for their fans but it's probably going to be a better fit for them offensive wise than a dual threat quarterback it's going to be interesting this is just one of many stories as there's already rumors and news and notes coming out of the combine of Michigan's JJ McCarthy also skyrocketing up the board which oh for the love of god that's 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 my hell that I'll that, that'll be my cross to bear I know as a Raiders fan that that's that's the way things are going to end up going so you don't have to send it into the text line. I'm aware. It's it's gonna I'm be, so sorry. It's gonna be bad. Who who are you guys gonna throw out there next year? Aiden O'Connell. Oh God. Good old stash. That that sweet Aiden O'Connell quarterback news. <sighs> it's gonna be great. God. I'm excited for you. <laughs> well, if you want to be excited the, the second best AOC. <laughs> oh <laughs> thank you, Rust. Shots uh, fired. Uh, uh come in next. Uh we had uh, Mike Barrett. On with Isaac and Souk on Monday uh, out at X Golf Tualatin. Uh, also, David Sampson joined uh, Dirt and Sprague this morning. There's there's some interesting news and notes coming out around not only MLB to, MLB to PDX, but the restructuring and expansion in Major League Baseball. And we hit all on those. But first, it's Big Kahuna with the Sports Center update. Hamburger, cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. I always shoot a bit of side-eye at the thought of baseball coming to Portland with also a wide-open arms, open heart. Please, God, that would be so awesome. But it's been going on for the will-they-won't-they, will they, the, the Rachel and Ross of it all for so long that I get why people go, okay, I don't, I don't believe it. I don't, I don't know. Sick of hearing about it. Yeah, and, but at the same time, I do, I, I know that this is going to be shocking to hear from some people. I am an optimist at heart. 
question mark? I think part of the problem is that it's the process as a whole, just by its own nature, it's not something it takes a long time. Yes. To try to procure a professional sports franchise. No matter what sport it is. Right, exactly. And so part of the problem is that, that takes a long time and we're with Twitter and everything, we're such a immediate gratification. Now, now I need now, now. I need news now 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 now. Yeah, they and think so that's part of the problem. They think like the city of Portland can control this. No, no, this is a major well, league no, baseball. They they can and they've been problematic. Which is is part of this, um, but ultimately MLB still has to decide yes, to sure. put an expansion team in place. Yeah, but the city has not been entirely helpful. That's, I hear I not not fighting back on that's, that. That's for sure. Uh, but Mike Barrett, who is on the uh, MLB to PDX uh, board group, whatever you want to call it, the face of the movement. Yeah, certainly. If not if not the face, certainly the voice. Yes. Uh, but he was on with Isaac Gasuk on Monday at X-Golf 12 and live on location. And he had a couple thoughts on where things currently stand right now and where Portland kind of fits in with Salt Lake City or, or fits against, so to speak. And if I'm Salt Lake, I don't want the A's to move to Vegas because are they going to really put another team in the mountain time zone not that far from Salt Lake and Denver? And you have a cluster of three when you look at the... When you look at the map and you look at baseball where there are teams, there is this massive hole yep. out where we are. That one. And, you know, I, Commissioner Manfred talked, what has, has long as it been, five years ago, talked about needing another team in the Pacific time zone in order for, I mean, for the, you know, when you're a commissioner, you're talking about time zones, you're talking about TV start times and first pitch times. And that's why I think that we are still, even though, Salt Lake really has, has dialed things up and they have massive political support. And we've said from the beginning, you need to have elected, well, we, we were told that, we, you need to have elected officials as your champions in this thing. So they've done a good job of dialing that in and they're trying to seize some momentum. Oh, no way. I mean, I don't think those are veiled shots. I think that's just Mike speaking about holistically. Portland as a, as a city, commissioner group, uh, government body, um, it sucks. It has sucked for my entire life. They don't prioritize the right things. I mean, they. You can stop at prioritize. You can stop at prioritize. Well, I. I don't don't care what political party you're in or what your beliefs are. This city. No, I'm not going right. Yeah, no. This this city sucks on a government standpoint, and I mean, it's. It doesn't matter who's mayor. Doesn't matter who's on the commissioner. There's always a scandal. There's always some, you know, misappropriation of funds. There's always something that takes longer to get something done. It is one of the least effective and efficient city groups in the country. No, this has nothing to do with sports as far as inefficiency goes. I lived on the waterfront uh, where where the Zidel family owns that entire group of like land next to OHSU, that mm-hmm. entire chunk, and they were going to develop that into like a huge restaurant, like hub for grocery stores, mm-hmm. kind of a whole neighborhood south of John's Landing there, and then all. All of a sudden, PDX started demanding things that Zydell didn't want to do, some different environmental requirements, and there's like, you know what? It's always, it's always the birds. Yeah, and it's like, you know what? We're done with you. You could have had our billions, mm-hmm. and we're not going to give it. And remind me, what, what's, what's going on down there right now? Uh, nothing. Yeah. More crappy apartments that aren't filled, I'm sure, because they're too expensive. Yeah, so um, <laughs> Mike's, Mike's right on that front. Uh, the, the interesting thing about that is, is that uh, Salt Lake does have a government and an ownership group that is is forward or pushing things forward. But the flip side of that is that's very true is that Major League Baseball has for years wanted another Pacific time zone team. Yeah. And Salt Lake doesn't give them that. So that's something that matters. The other thing that I, I hear pushed back on regularly, and this is I I I, I understand this because it's like, well, well. 
if if you're serious about this, if if MLB to PDX is serious about this, why can't we as as either fans or the media, why aren't we privy to know who the money is behind the group? David Sampson was on with Dirt and Sprague this morning, and he had a very interesting or a little bit of insight into why ownership is not made public. So it's totally up to you. If you want to know who the money is, then you won't get a team. And he, why do I say that? Major League Baseball, the commissioner, and the owners who are going to be voting for which city gets expansion and then which ownership group gets it, they don't want people getting ahead of themselves and getting out there in public before they've got approval and before they've got a team. So the smart people around the country who want to own a team, they are very, very quiet. I think this has a lot to do with the complete S show. We saw play out with Chris Hansen in the ownership group in Seattle and the Sacramento Kings. Can I quickly add, too, that Samson knows what he's talking about. This mm-hmm. was the David Samson that ran the Miami Marlins under Jeffrey Loria, yeah. now is a media magnet. So, so no, he, he has dealt with Major League Baseball yeah. doing the transition from Florida to Miami. So he is the he is one of the heads as far as, like, knowing how this works. And he obviously knows people in higher circles in Major League Baseball and how how this thing works. This is, a, this is the big part about this is understanding kind of I don't want to say it's an excuse because I think I don't think it's an excuse. I, I think there's real justification behind this. The other part of this, of course, is that Major League Baseball is going to do all of their due diligence because they don't want another John Jay Fisher. They want owners that are going to contribute to the, the, the total part of the pie. And Samson kind of alluded to, hey, uh, this is also another reason why you might see Major League Baseball slow roll us. However, what is way more important when you are looking at expansion is whether or not that city will be able to actually support a team and that you are not adding a revenue-sharing recipient. They want to add a revenue-sharing payor, or at worst, revenue-sharing neutral, but really you want a revenue-sharing payor. You want to make the pot bigger. You want to make it so there is more sharing of money, and that takes precedence. That part right there. They want somebody contributing. They want Matt Ishbia coming in and going, here's my money. I'm in the second apron. Let me go ahead and spend. They want, you know, the Bezos of the world to buy teams. Where are the guaranteed big bucks coming from? Yes. They don't want some, they don't want the, uh, oh God, who's the cheap ass owner of the, the Orioles? That Merrick Paulson, maybe. That, yeah. <laughs> a a, a hundred millionaire. Angelos. The Angelos family. Like, get get them out of there. Yeah, no, you want Merrick Paulson's dad. That's for sure. You you, you want the wealth fund manager types uh, kind of being involved. But they don't want the Angelos family. They don't want the uh, the Bidwells, who have been incredibly cheap with uh, the, the Cardinals. They don't want the... Uh, wildly cheap John Jay Fishers because that does, that's more people taking from the pie. They want people contributing to the pie. And this is not a uh, let's go ahead and line our pockets to somebody else's money kind of situation, but it is to an extent. But also, nobody loses money on professional sports. It's fair. They don't. I mean, can it, it's Look, more... Can, can in the we- pandemic? Sure. But outside of that, you're not... You're not losing money. But I would ask the question because I do question the 
not validity of sports fandom here, but maybe the intensity of it at times. Can we get two plus million fans into seats at a Portland baseball team, you know, 81 games a year for games? Can, can we do that? Because that's what you're going to need to sustain it. And that's a legit question to ask. You're not going to sell it out. But I am worried that, you know, people that are clamming for it aren't going to add up to that two, 2.2 million fandom that they're going to need through the turnstiles. I think the, the thought was it was going to be like a 32,000 seat Stadium. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So let's 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 do let's do, yeah, let's let's do, do quick math. Do quick math on the old calculator. Thirty-two thousand times eighty-one, two point six. There you go. So two point five nine two. And, and so, that's that's just above, I believe, the middle of attendance in Major League Baseball from twenty twenty-three. So, so I think they can do it. Okay, I I, I genuinely do. Uh, whether or not, I mean, the the other option is drive three and a half hours. Which, as you see, is I mean, I'm willing your... to do. I'm wearing my Schultz Mariners jersey, but, but again, that's almost nobody else. That's exactly that was kind of my point. It's like, and that solves a lot of fan issues here, as far as you know the when the the Sonics went away, people I think thought, well, Seattle fans will become Blazers fans. That that won't happen. But no. it's the same thing here. Portland fans, with the exception of of some Mariners fans, I'm just a baseball diehard. Yeah, no, no, but I mean, like yeah. you, you know, uh, John Scanick is, is a huge Mariners guy as well, and uh, obviously he's from uh, on the other side of the river. So, but I think you, you take you as soon as you get on the side of the river, I don't think that's fandom that really Seattle can exploit. So, that's one of the things that's always driven me nuts about these expansion talks is mm-hmm. is is impinging on another team's quote unquote territory. And don't get don't get it twisted though. The Seattle Mariners don't want a team here, right? No, I absolutely. like they don't. But what what, what kills me? Go go hit the northeast northeastern part of the country, right? And mm-hmm. all of the teams that are that are the twelve teams in a four state area, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, but you know, do you have anywhere over there where you have to drive three and a half hours to go to your nearest big league ball club? God, no. no, you don't. And so you drive it, three and a half hours, you're going across like twelve states, right? Exactly. <laughs> so it, it, I, I hate the how how we are regarded as Seattle Mariners territory, and it's like almost untouched. It's that's crap. well, we're Seattle Mariners TV territory it's right crap. now, so technically we are. Well, yeah. But I hear you. You're because right. it's the only thing that's close. It's yep. the only that's remotely close. But to to say like no, we you know we 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 have a hard time wanting to put a team in Portland because it's Mariners territory, three and a half hours away. You know, just well, you the got Mariners. A, you got a couple spinners. teams in New York. You got Boston. You got Philly. You got Pittsburgh. You can't you can't swing a dead cat and go three hours anywhere in the Northeast without hitting four, five, six other baseball teams. Yeah. So I I think there's those, there's those opportunities are there, um, for kind of figuring that out um, going forward. I am of the mindset of I, I, I want to believe, but I will not believe until they secure the land. If they secure the land, whether it's red tail or whether it's on the waterfront or whatever, whatever it is, whatever version of this kind of comes out, then, then I'll kind of go, okay, I, I, I get where we're going with this. But until then, it, it's, it does feel like a bit of a pipe dream. Do you think at that point they will reveal maybe who ownership is or, or who's behind this if they do get a deal for land? Cause I, I think so. I, f- I feel like at that point, you, you kind of are required the, to start putting what, once you want, Well, I mean, once you're putting $50 million projects, down, yeah. now you're doing that because MLB has kind of greenlit you. I got you. Like, you're not just going to spend that money and be like, ah, well, now what? We're hopeful. So, like, I mean, the whole, like, well, you know, they're getting, it's a land grab. And it's like, is Red Tail really a land grab? Like, well, I, I I look at that, again, I 
selfishly, I have my own reasons. Like I, I have property yeah. that would butt up against it. Right. Like full disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like when I look at that, I'm like, if it is a land grab, like what are they doing there? Like because the city of Portland owns it and they still own. Like if they don't zone it, they yeah. don't change the zoning on it. Like. How is it really a land grab? Well, and the other thing is, too, is that while the ownership situation might be a mystery to all of us when it comes, like, to Major League Baseball and the league, mm-hmm. it's they know. Yeah. I'm sure they know. They have to, you know, I mean. They're, they're not they having know. those talks without somebody with yeah. with uh, eight zeros behind their back. Right, account, exactly. You know? Yeah. So, well, we'll see where it goes. It's at least interesting to hear that there are uh, things quietly moving forward. Speaking of quietly moving forward, uh, we got some dates. Some dates as it pertains to the Oregon Ducks, the spring game and the pro Hell day yeah. coming up actually very quickly. We'll get to that more coming up here on Danny and Dusty today, the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, the fan. The Oregon Ducks have announced their two big upcoming dates, March 12th and March 14th. March 12th will be the Oregon Ducks Pro Day. Bo Dix, Troy Franklin, Jackson Powers Johnsons, and others will be out there participating, throwing, running, catching, doing all the things that they're likely not doing at the Combine. Uh, Bo Nix, I believe, is doing some stuff, just not everything. I don't believe he's throwing. Not the important stuff. So, J.J. McCarthy is throwing. Wow. Caleb Williams showing up for interviews. Drake May showing up for interviews. Jaden Daniels showing up for interviews. Throw, you guys. Top quarterbacks. Top quarterbacks not throwing. Yeah, that's that's wuss mentality. Eh. I get it. You, there's no could, reason to could, do, to do anything to hurt yourself. Yeah, but exactly. it's just so that's stupid. all it can do. That's it, it, all it can uh, do is hurt their stock. Particularly Caleb and Jaden, your Heisman Trophy winners. Just oh, maybe yeah. Jaden doesn't want to expose the fact that he's actually not as good as maybe people think he is. He's mm, got a shocking. longer wind up in person, or doesn't have some touch, or whatever. Likes it is. to run straight back. <laughs> yeah, it's just there's and you can see. For whatever reason that you want, you can find me. I'm doing my my draft tape for for the NBA right now, and going through it last night, I found myself nitpicking Alex Sar to death. Yeah, and I'm sitting there going, I need to stop this. <laughs> this guy's might be a likely number one overall pick. I need to I need to back off. Um, but that's where you get when you get at the very top of the draft. They're there because they're great. So you're trying to find any reason to find separation. So you don't you just don't give that opportunity. Uh, March 14th is going to be the Ducks spring game. Uh, I believe there's discussions about who is going to air that because they're moving to the Big Ten. Yeah. So th- will they, won't they be on the Big Ten network? That would be so I mean, cool. I would think so. Question mark? Right. I shrug? I saw a license plate, and kudos to this person that has already taken this off of the registry for personalized Oregon mm. license plates. B- one G D U X big ducks. Mm. They they it was a blue Tesla. Shout out to you. I saw you yesterday. Oh no way, a Tesla with a with, with a, a personal plate. Oh, yeah. you got three hundred dollars to get a ducks vanity plate. Yeah. Of course you do. But I love the combination. They already have the big big ten ducks license. Before plate. anybody busts my balls, Did it catch on fire. My <laughs> my <laughs> no. vanity plate came with my car. Okay, that's ridiculous. You you are the luckiest man alive that a blazing vanity plate came with your yeah, car. It was when I showed up to buy it. I was like. 
this can't be real. It's like God shined upon you. That, oh, look, Danny, don't pee on car. my shoes and tell me it's raining. You knew it had the plate when I, you showed up. To no, I did come not. Come on now. No, I did not. I had no idea. <laughs> absolutely no. conspiracy theory. I had absolutely no idea. Uh, in the ad, the, the license plate was blanked out. All right. So I, that's I, fair. I showed up. I showed up out there, and he opens up the garage, and he had like three cars. One of them, hilarious, it was a Tesla. Uh, of course. <laughs> also with a vanity plate, and he also in his garage had like fifteen different vanity plates. So oh, he's nice. a he's vanity plate guy, apparently. Um, but yeah, it when I when I showed up, it had the vanity plates for blazing on it, and, and they're Trailblazers plates, and I was like. Ah. I feel like this is a little too on the nose, but it was a deal during COVID that, that I got for like $7,000 blow stickers. So Ooh, on a used car, that's like impossible to find. This was, again, right at the very beginning of COVID before, oh, okay. we, before we realized that uh, the electronics prices were going to go through the roof. But yeah, those are your you know, those are your upcoming Ducks dates, uh, important Ducks dates to know. I'm sure Dusty will be down there uh, working sidelines for the Oregon Ducks spring game where you're going to get your first look, I would imagine, at Dylan Gabriel. Question mark? Oh, we better. And I'm excited to see the young, uh, hopefully freshman wide receivers like Gatlin Bear, like Pelham coming in. I, mm. I want to see what these guys will do implementing themselves with new quarterback Dylan Gabriel. And since it's the spring game, you'll get a chance to see what they do with Dante Moore as well. So I, I am I am fascinated at what the future of this offense is going to look like. I'm not, I'm not sure. Is, is Achilles Smith Jr. on campus yet? Not that I've heard, but I could be totally misinformed on that. I that, thought that Mo, Moga was already, yeah. but I don't know about Akili Smith Jr. Okay, so just, again, there's a lot of interest and intrigue over the next, uh, what's that, two weeks away now? Today's the 29th. Uh, gosh, yes. today's, yeah. today's, wow. You know what? We know we didn't we didn't know about today's show. We didn't mention today is a day that only happens once every uh, handful of years. And Akili Smith Jr. just named the nation's number one dual threat quarterback. There you go. So it's all coming up. It's all coming up good. Wrote, is it, it's all coming up green for the Ducks. Green roses. There are green roses. They go. make those we'll now. That. So there you go. You uh, you get your opportunities to uh, see your ducks uh, before things obviously get packed up for the spring, and you start working your way towards uh, summer workouts and summer ball. And then, but God, we'll be into. We'll be into football season again already. And thank you to the text line for correcting me that Gatlin is on a mission for two years. Totally forgot that. So, no, we're not going to see him for three years, but there are other young receivers that we're going to be able to see and some transfers that I'm excited to implement. So there you go. So there's your uh, Ducks news for today. When we come back, we'll get into our number two. Damian Lillard sat down with Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated to talk about life in Milwaukee. We'll dive into that and more. Come up here on Danny and Dusty, Tonight the Fan.